outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. Brady Trantham here alongside Mr. Keegan Renault, right under the Vanessa House Beer Company sign on Broadway and 8th in Oklahoma City, uh, where they're about to start being Obengo Songo. And the beers are tasting so good because, God darn it, it's so hot outside. And we're, uh, of course, outside. The sun is beaming directly at me. I took my sunglasses off to avoid the uh, raccoon tan line, Keegan. Uh, because I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm just absorbing skin cancer at this point. So uh, pray for me, everybody. But Keegan, tis the season for barbecues and recruiting. And shout out to our good friend Red Dirt Sport, Brahms Bags. Am I wrong? It is. It's the season. It's tis the season. It feels like recruiting is back this weekend, right? Of you course. can get You can get frustrated because X player doesn't commit this weekend Brady damn it and make sure that you at him on Twitter to share your displeasure you can you it, can if because this is America you can do whatever you want you know if you tweet at recruits it helps Oklahoma get them yeah and nothing gets you more laid like if you're a man and you're <laughs> single and you're kind of lonely you're like man I'm not having a lot of luck with the ladies nothing gets you more female attention uh, than uh, adding a 17-year-old who decided to not go play football at the school that you choose to root for, um, and if you're, and if you're a, a woman looking for a man, like vice versa. If you're a man looking for a man, also the same. It applies all all across the board, Keegan. We're we're all inclusive here at Inside OU. Mia Khalifa tweets at Florida State recruits. Who is that, Keegan? I don't know who that is. <laughs> is she some type of speaker? She does speak. She does speak. She does. No, I, I, it's it is that time of the year though, Brady. And I, I it's it's and I've said this with you on Tuesday, and I actually was talking with someone with at Oklahoma about this. Like, it truly feels like it's I don't know. This is on the precipice of of something of a football season feeling great feeling in terms of like you hear twenty five alumni are going to be back in town. For OU football sake, yep. You hear fifty plus visitors for the weekend. I mean, it, it's it's an event, and credit to Oklahoma. And I said this on Tuesday, and you were kind of hearing that. And I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast that'll listen to other podcasts as well. And I think you know Sooner Scoop put a you know nail on the head. Like I said this on Tuesday to you, but it definitely feels that way, even from everybody. It feels like they've already accomplished something by getting everybody involved in this thing. Yeah. And then just having it play out and hopefully not having any, you know, creaks here and there. Um, but it seems like Oklahoma feels like they've accomplished something, and it, it's fun. Like, this is this is a great time of the year. We're a month away from Big 12 Media Days, and Bob Bowlesby gets to speak and entertain so many people with how he talks. <laughs> and you get to hear how much Oklahoma and Texas have lifted weights in the offseason. We're close, man. It, it feels like we're getting closer and closer, and this is a – I don't know. I don't know if it's a benchmark, but it feels like a, a place in time that we're getting there to where – Damn, we're close to getting going. Yeah, I mean, Bowlesby will have over a month to basically have his publicist write him up a, I didn't actually mean that I'm not thinking about the regular fan when it comes to college football. Like, this is what I actually meant. So I'm looking forward to that. I, how is he going to... Uh, How's he going to nurse that up? Yeah, he's got a month to prepare for 
Tw- mean, expansion to 12. Whenever he basically – I hope someone that's a, a blog down there at the Big 12 Media Days – oh, I may I, I need to get Comier to do this for him um, or do this at the time or Comier or Stephen Brown if they're, if they're down there. But just be like, Bob, you basically said two weeks ago that the f- going to games don't matter. Can you explain that? You think he's prepared for that after he said that in that press I mean, conference? To, to be honest, he's already said it. So I hope he just doubles down. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm here to make money for my institutions, make money for the sport, <laughs> and uh, the fans that want to be there will be there, and they're probably rich, so that's all I care about. Everybody else will watch it. You know you will. And I'll just be like, yep, motherfucker's right. Sorry. <clears throat> he is right. <laughs> <laughs> cannot, cannot argue with that. No, but I, I guess let's stick with – the whole barbecue thing as we uh, bask in the ambience of Vanessa House Beer Company. Broadway? You, you're, yeah, Broadway eighth? Broadway and 8th in Oklahoma City. Your favorite local brewery, awesome beers. It's the best local brewery as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'll be here all weekend, actually, bartending, so if you're bored. You're here every weekend is what I found you're out. here every weekend. Got to make money somewhere. Uh, but, yes, the barbecue is at hand. The Crutes is here. All the former football players is here. I just need to know, like, is there's only one Bubba Moses here? <laughs> because if he's not, then Lincoln Riley has fumbled the football, and we, we need to get Bubba back on campus because, I mean, you know, got to get out, get all the stars it, it, on hand. It goes with the with the vibe of the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing was better in the <laughs> – you're about to hate me for not knowing the year of the of the video – but there was, like, nobody. So it was 2005. Okay, so there was nobody. I remember being at those games, and I, I've told you this. The first, I believe, first or second OU football game I ever went to was the uh, TCU game in 05. But I remember the video including, you know, there was only one Bubba Mo- But it was, like, the most, in terms of, like, inflection of the voice and everything. Yeah. It was, like, Bubba Moses. Like, There's only one Bubba Moses. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Keith Jackson. Because he's busy during football season. He's Arkansas's color commentator, I believe, on the radio. Um, or their play-by-play guy. I can't remember. Uh, but was it Forrest Valora? You, I, you know I, I wouldn't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just talking out loud. But, it, I mean, shout out Bubba Moses. He had some good catches. He had a big catch in the 4 a and game. He had a big catch in 5 Bedlam. So I remember, Bubba, if you're listening. Like oh, I re- no. I, rem- I remember. Uh, but I mean that video also had like Adrian Peterson saying there's only one Billy Sims and Billy comes up like there's only one Adrian Peterson. Dusty Dvorak said there's only one Selman family and it had like you know video of the Selmans. There's only one Dusty Dvorak. There's only one Bob Moses. Brady, I hate to come in here because it is part of the topic of off the top of this podcast. We have a little bit of breaking news here. The What's co- going on? The College Football Playoff Management Committee, which includes. What we're joking about right now, which is Bob Bowlesby is a part of that, and said some. He's a busy state- little bee, isn't and, he? And said some statements the last uh, last week, whenever this was all going down. Met today in Chicago and discussed for five hours a twelve-team playoff proposal. It was a robust conversation into details and sticking points. UND AD Notre Dame Jack Swarbick. Again, walked commissioners through his 51-slide presentation from Ross Dellinger. I know we've already talked about this, but I feel like that's important to note in the time that it's happened while we're recording this podcast. I just wish they'd stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know we why, have more why, important why do things they talk, to get to. Man? I mean, 
Again, Bob Bowlesby has a month to prepare himself for this. Are you, what are the odds if I gave you yes, no? Are you taking yes that Bob Bowlesby's prepared or no that Bob I'm Bowlesby's actually kind prepared? of inclined to say that he will be because he was prepared last year during a time of absolute crisis. Like he, he was. He stood above, you know, the rest, you know, him and the SEC's commissioner of like, no, this can work, this is why, and this is how we're going to do it. And it was consistent, and it ended up being right. Oh, you had a game canceled. There were some games moved around and canceled, but the season was played. It was finished. We crowned a champion. We crowned champions all over the Power Five. We had a Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, it was a wide receiver, and of course it would be in that year, but, you know, who cares? So, like, I'm ki- I don't really like Bob Bowlesby, but hell, I mean, he'll probably he'll probably double down and just be like, yeah, that's how I feel. You know, I I got the sense from I've been able to interview Bowlesby a couple times and like that scrum. What I love about Big Twelve Media Days, and <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this right now, but what I love about Big Twelve Media Days is like there's a press conference right where they're on the podium, and then like literally a minute afterwards they come off and do a side press conference. Yeah, for with right. With more than likely, like, people who cover them on a local day-to-day basis. Sure, but it's, like, the whole – everybody goes over there, though, because it's, like, they're a lot more relaxed. They're not, like, answering it like it's a prompt. Well, because it's not, it's not filmed. Sure. It's, it's not on ESPN. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when you get over there, Bullsby just spins because he wants to look at you in the face whenever you're asking questions, like, eye-to-eye, like, I mean, direct line. Yeah. So, like, you'll see some of the coaches will be, like, will, you know, turn their head one way and to look at you, whatever. But Bowlesby gets the whole group to go in a circle. So, like, he's, like, he bo- he's asking questions and he, like, turns around to you. In the eye <laughs> of the hurricane, man. Oh, he's a, dude, he is a character. He is an absolute character. I know we got more important things to get to, but a little sidebar there. That, that did just happen while we're on here. Nothing unexpected. Well, I mean, let's just talk big, broad picture with uh, Trey Young. What you know? I did tell you I was gonna. <laughs> we, we pretty much talked about it like off air, but I I did tell for all of our listeners. I told Keegan, noted Trey Young hater for years. Oh yeah, I was gonna open up with Trey Young <laughs> kicking Philly's ass. My God. So, I mean, shame on me. So my girlfriend and I were watching the game, and we're watching it in the second quarter. And that's when Philly gets up 26, and I immediately just was like, all right, well, this game is probably over. I need to go do something else. I was like, let's go on a walk. So I turned it off. My girlfriend's like, hey, I thought you uh, wanted to watch the game. I was like, no, the game's over. Like, they're, they're just going to win. Like, Atlanta just needs to play for game six. Like, come back, get down by 10, get some confidence so you can go to Atlanta and maybe steal one more game and force a game seven. And she's like, well, the, okay, well, the game's not over. They might come back. I was like, no, they're not. It's so, Don't worry about it. And then we go on a walk for about 30 minutes, come back, and then I get on Twitter, and then someone says, I think it was uh, actually, shout out, uh, John Higgins, he's a uh, patron of ours. Correct. He tweeted out, you stink, Sixers. And I was like, no, they did not come back. And I turn it on, and Trey, like the first thing I see is Trey Young hitting yet another floater to go up 105-104 in the fourth quarter with like under a minute left. I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> just um, incredible and Look, I, I tuned out so sure, but I'm not a Hawks fan anyway. I'm not a Sixers fan. I, I have been very adamant in the last few years about my distaste for the Sixers. Sure. But uh, I've also been a little bit defensive of Trey Young ever since he's been at OU. 
And I, I mean, Keegan, we'll, we can kind of get into this, I guess, before we get into the football recruiting. We should. He deserves stuff. his time. Yeah, I mean, Trey Young, it is what it is. His career at OU, it did not end as well as it started. But just like I would tell you back then, Keegan, I'm not, I don't care about Trey Young at OU with the jersey on. What I care about is he's going to be an all-star for 10 years at the very least, and he's always going to be former Oklahoma Sooner Trey Young. And that is going to be great for whoever the next head coach is to like have a relationship with Trey Young and Blake Griffin, bring him back down for recruits, bring him back down for events, and just you can have success coming, coming to Oklahoma to play basketball as well as football. So um, I, I'm excited. I'm glad Trey Young made New York City like – enemy number one or he was made enemy, enemy number one by madison square garden now he's up three two and on the precipice of potentially getting to an eastern conference finals and that is a former oklahoma sooner so i'm i'm that's awesome sure Let, let's dive into this real quick just a second i'm a shit talker more if anybody knows anything i like talking around i like jacking around i like talking shit i like i like doing all those things right i mean it's just part of what i do and i, I don't know maybe it's the baseball kind of culture in me and that you know, you I thought you weren't supposed to talk at all on baseball. <laughs> <laughs> to be right. like, isn't you're not supposed to use sticky substances in baseball. That's you, what we're learning. You can right talk. Now. You can talk. You can say terrible things, but if you flip that damn bat, I swear. Put put raw. And anyways, you made a joke about sunburn earlier because it's hot, and I was yeah. going to make a sunscreen, sunscreen joke about baseball. What, what is spider tack? Yeah, it, I, it's it's new, man. I, I I don't know enough about it. We could we could get into that. Anyways, besides the point, Trey, I'm a I am. I love talking shit and back and forth. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. Everybody loves to do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, you know, the question was posed to me on Triple M Ranch with Sam and Chisholm um, from Sam. And it was like after the, you know, they took a commanding link over the Knicks. Like, you know, Trey was talking about like a lot of people have disrespected me and like I'd done this and I've been doing this. And like, you know, Sam was bringing up I, 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 like Trey was saying and was like, you know, would you have handled it, you know, in that direction? And I'm, like, sitting there thinking, I go, you know, if I was Trey and you were you were Trey right now and you're on that microphone, I would sit here for five minutes and let him rip me, right? I mean, that's as you know, like, I take my losses pretty well for the most part. Now, I it takes me a while to concede, as you know, Brady, um, but I take it pretty well. Trey deserves it, man. Like, that's the thing, too, is, like, people that are in my position can be like, oh, it's just the second round of the playoffs. Like, oh, boy. There is nobody that thought like I did that thought he could take a 3-2 commanding lead over the Philadelphia I mean, yeah, half of America thought, it didn't think Atlanta would get to the second round at all. And Correct. I, I, I picked Atlanta to get to, like, get past New York. I thought I, they I, would I, get past New York. Yeah. I didn't think they'd get past Philly. I didn't think – I thought New York was an absolute paper tiger. For sure. I've seen Tom Thibodeau movies before, and I know how they end. So, <laughs> um I mean, I, I was frankly sh- the most shocking thing, other than what happened last night, is the fact that the Hawks stole Game One in sure. the fashion that they did. Now they damn near lost it mm-hmm. because Philly just decided let's run a full court press with Batiste Thibel all over Trey Young, and Atlanta had no idea, and Trey Young had like Morgantown flashbacks against Jevin Carter. Even though Trey Young had a really good game that night, what happened was he had six or seven pinpoint passes that should have been dimes. That unfortunately his supporting cast just fumbled away. Sure, that that was a narrative. At the time, as well, if you'll remember, like Trey Young was clearly the best player, and he was surrounded by a bunch of guys who just weren't as talented, mm-hmm. and it made him look bad. It made the whole team look bad. Sure, and 
probably a product of uh, coaching, but yeah, that's not OU's I problem mean, anymore. I, I mean, like, at the end of the day, though, like, I will say this. Do you think that with Trey, and this is, again, I think this is gonna, we can get through the rest of the everything we want to get to here pretty quick. Yeah. But, like, again, I sent the John, what was it, John Collins, right? That story came out from The Athletic earlier in the year about all that locker room issues, and it sounds like, uh, what's his name, Pierce? Um, William Lloyd well, Pierce. Lloyd Pierce. He was a major issue down their, there. Which their is, head coach and at the beginning of the year. Now it's Nate McMillan. Yeah, Nate McMillan. And so, but, like, from what you heard at Oklahoma, right, about how things went, and you heard, you saw that, like, I immediately was like, man, I really hope he doesn't screw this up because he's so f- good. Like, he was the most entertaining player that I've – I covered Baker and Kyler. That 47 he had against TCU and Norma at the Lloyd Noble Center, I won't ever forget. I mean, one of the most unbelievable performances I've – I got to cover a no-hitter. Now, don't get me wrong, Dane Acker's no-hitter last year for OU baseball was pretty damn cool. But Trey's 47 is, like, top of the line. I mean, it's it's pretty damn close. And so, like – that was my thing. It's like I until the thing happened in Stillwater, which everybody kind of figures out something happened after that game because everything changed. After what happened in Stillwater and the coming weeks after that, and then seeing the John Collins report, I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, I hope this isn't going to screw him out of having a just unbelievable, you know, career. And so I thought that. And then now you have Brady and our—I will mention him here—our good friend John Barry and others that continue to tag me, rightfully so. I mean, I, I say jokingly, why do you keep tagging me? It's it's deserved. I mean, you can't sit here in my position and, and say, oh, well, he hasn't won an NBA Finals or gotten to one, so it doesn't matter. No one in my position thought that he would have gotten to this point. If you thought like I did, right? Like, yeah. like those issues were still happening in the NBA and, like, this and that. So you got to give credit to him. And like I was going to say, like, Trey, personally – if I was him again, like I said, and you, you know, Sam was bringing up the I, 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 he's been disrespected by so many people. I don't think I've, I don't think I went that as far as a lot of people did calling him a bust. I just said he would have a mellow like career to where he doesn't win a finals, but he just puts up ungodly records. Hell, go ahead. If Trey Young had a Carmelo Anthony career, that is an absolute success. And I look, I cover the NBA. I love the NBA. It would be a success. I didn't want to deny it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, to casual – like, I'm not saying you're casual, but like to to casual people, Twitter has done this thing where we just so demoralize great careers just because of one or two little categories. Carmelo didn't win a ring, ring, so so he sucks, right? If you're comparing him to, like, his contemporaries like Dwayne Wade, who won multiple championships, LeBron, who's won multiple championships, Chris Bosh – then sure, yeah, he didn't win championships. It's the same thing with Charles Barkley. Are you going to tell Charles Barkley that he sucks or that he was trash? Oh, for sure. The whole Charles because Barkley he didn't win a title. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like guys, it's it's hard to win a championship. Like that's why it's so praised and revered. Because it's because it's hard. And Barkley hit his prime. I mean, I know he was, you know, in his young prime, his athletic prime before Michael Jordan's era, but he really hit his stride as a player. During the era of Michael Jordan, it's like, do you expect anyone to win a title? Sure. I mean, the same thing with, like, the Thunder when they had KD and Russ. It's like, hey, guys, like, they came about when the Super Team Heat were a thing, and then once they went away, well, then the Warriors came out of nowhere. Sure. So it's it's hard. So, of course, if you want to compare, like, a, a Melo career to a LeBron or a Michael, it's like, yeah, Melo just has a bunch of numbers. Sure. He doesn't have the ring, so he's just – he's a number three. 
But how many players would love to be Carmelo? Oh, 99.9%. How many players right now would love to be Trey Young? Um, one in Dallas. Yeah, I mean. That was clickbaity, right? Yeah, I think I did a good job. I mean, it's so interesting that the guy that, <laughs> I mean, Luka Doncic is incredible, and he's going to be incredible for another 10, 12, 15 years. He is, he is four or five years away from his prime. That's scary. But he's already, he is in the process of destroying a very solid, very strong franchise and, with and strong leadership. And my favorite thing about it, Brady, is that Mark Cuban was clearly not aware of any of his feelings. Yeah. I mean, Which is awesome. For those who aren't as like plugged into it here, I'll give you some context. Donnie Nelson, their GM, former head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, former head coach all over the NBA. Warriors, right? Warrior. He was on the We Believe Warriors who beat the Mavericks, in fact. Um, Donnie Nelson retires. And, oh my goodness, Sam Presti is now the longest tenured GM in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that just gives you the, the. I'll just give you the context. Like Luca is destroying that. I said no way to that. What Presti? Yeah, he I, is now. Has he been around since? Or how long was he in? Oh six, oh seven. Oh six, oh seven. I believe it was his first year. Or oh five, oh six. Wow. It was a year or two before they drafted Kevin Durant. I mean, and he's basically he, got himself Presti's, guaranteed for the next ten years, right? Presti's first like big trade was trading away Ray Allen right. to the Celtics, right? And they start the rebuild they start in Start the rebuild, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to be, like, stupid and casual, kind of like the f- same type of fans I'm complaining about. But it is interesting. Trey Young is on the precipice of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And Luka is destroying a franchise because he wants to do things his way. Mm-hmm. And more power to him. But, I mean, I hope it works out. See, here's the thing. Carlisle is a great coach. Yeah, and I just wanted to finish up here on Trey Young before we get to the whole start the podcast now thing. The thing with Trey Young that like I love about him is that he there is a like a piece of him that will always hold like someone's talking shit about me. I love that. I mean, I can't get enough of that. Like that the only thing that like scares me, and I've said this to you before, and I and, like if it ever comes down to where he's gonna like change completely who he is and how he is as a player because other people are, you know, saying things about him or doing this. Like, that was my biggest thing, and you've heard me say this. I mean, anybody that was around in the media at the time that was at that Kansas pregame press conference after Oklahoma State, I mean, it just it just didn't feel right, man. Like, it just didn't. And then he only took – no, they won and they beat Kansas, which was – Actually, funny because everybody said he needed to take less shots at the time, <laughs> and then he. But it was obvious in that game he wasn't looking for a shot purposely yeah. after that week in the press conferences. Yeah. But again, like that's the thing is that the, all of that led, in my opinion, it's clearly wrong. You get him enough talent around that cat, it's what he was doing in the summer with the uh, making of a Missouri Kansas Mocan Elite team that he had with Michael Porter and the hand f- and two other NBA guys on it. You know. Like, you get this kid with his vision and his understanding of the rules of the game, too, which is he's unbelievable at. Now they're changing. It sucks that Trey was a part of that with Woj's tweet. Like, that didn't make any sense to me because there's so many more other people that have that same issues. But, anyways, wrapping my Trey thing, he has every right. If he Again, if he wanted to sit down on a podcast and just shit on me or shit on everybody that said anything, he has every right to at this point. 
whether they lose this series or not, he has achieved a place in the NBA. And winning will always validate you. Like, no matter what, like, don't get me wrong, Carmelo's probably what, top, how, where's he among the list? I mean, I don't want to say something stupid here. Top, Mello, tw- top 25, Mello, top 30. I mean, Melo is a, uh, he's top 20 player. He, he's a top 20 player because you're talking about, like, he's got numbers to suggest that he'd be a top 15, top 10 player. But just going back, like, you're, you have to split hairs with the greats, and the greats have rings. Sure. My my whole point is just because someone doesn't have a championship does not mean you should call them trash. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think you know me. I I don't think I've ever called Mello trash necessarily. I don't think I've ever like, and it's not even a knock like yeah. to a certain extent. It's just like from knowing who Trey was at the time, from knowing and seeing the Collins thing, like it was just worried. I guess more than anything, and then just wanting to feel you know me. I mean takes and everything, but. At the same time, too, like, I never – I don't think I've ever tweeted, and I'll say – and I hopefully pat myself on the back by saying this. I don't think I've ever tweeted this out there about the stuff that we're talking about right now because, like, that's the other thing, too. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't shit on – I try not to shit on players in public. Like, that's my one of my bigger things, you know? Like, I get after people, but I don't. So – but anyways, I – Yes, I have felt this way, and yes, people that listen to this podcast that have seen these interactions, yes, absolutely. Brady has every right to tag me in them, but it's, it is, he, the only side is that he, if he does win a finals, y'all may drown me. Like, I think I'm good now because he's done this and I've accepted it, and it's whatever, but if he wins a finals, y'all should... I don't know what y'all are going to do, but it's going to be bad. I mean, according, according to LeBron, he he might very well win a finals because everybody's hurt and it's the NBA's fault. You know, he's made 17 of the 18 NBA finals. He's I didn't know that. I've just now started paying attention. Who is LeBron? Did you know he changed his number during the playoffs? I know. like, And I was actually kind of disappointed LeBron didn't have something. Well, I guess this was his like interject himself into the news because his team exactly. got bounced out. Absolutely. Yeah, it it's like, oh, I need to be in the news. Yeah, I don't like LeBron. I, I he's the best basketball player that I've ever seen. It's but yo, I'm, a- I'm with you. After that, I'm just like I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that yeah, for sure, I'm with you there. And the podcast starts now. Today's episode is brought to you by Christie's Toy Box, an Oklahoma City tradition since 1979. With over 15 store locations spread all over Oklahoma and even in North Texas and Missouri, Christie's Toy Box has you covered like a Jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature. It's 2021. Come on in sometime. Their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's Toy Box. It's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device, so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer. The shopping experience is amazing, and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps. Type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart. Once again, that's capital O, capital U, capital P-O-D for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christie's Toy Box, where the fun begins. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I guess, like, first of all, because everybody... Everybody that probably listens to Inside OU probably also listens to the other podcast, Inner Scoop, or Unofficial 40, excuse me. 
uh, Crispin and Cream Machine, uh, SI Sooners, like a lot of great OU podcasts out there. And we're one of the later ones at the parties. We always do this at Thursday around 6.30 or 7. So basically everybody has an understanding of who's going to be there. Basically that OU has offered everybody that's going to be there between the officials and the unofficials. Uh, I mean, just from a general, before we get into whatever tidbits you want to share, Keegan. Sure. Of, of course, because you could probably put you could put something on the Patreon page and keep some stuff, you know, like in your back pocket uh, at Through the Keyhole on Patreon.com, $4 a month or $5 a month, depending on what you want to give us. We would greatly appreciate it. We have a growing audience, so please, please, please give it a look, and it's an extra podcast a week, So, and, of course, other content as well. But um, just big picture, we understand that this is huge. Obviously, coming back from a pandemic, it's the first time we've ever had, or OU's had, uh, kids on campus officially shout out Arizona State but I would just say I would just ask like from a fan perspective like does this does this is this set up to be a truly fruitful like champs you barbecue and that I'm not asking that like I expect like five six seven commitments on Saturday or Sunday but in terms of by signing day 2022 and then 2023 we'll have a lot of names on the dotted line and it's going to be because of this very visit I want to say this up front, as you are aware, because you have let me know in the past. Now, the barbecues haven't worked out necessarily to how Oklahoma was wanting them to happen. But I will make a statement that will go towards this class and this upcoming class and all of those things is that because this is now an official visit weekend, Brady, and they can pay for kids to come in they can treat them to every amenity that they ever want they can take them to logies on saturday night Uh oh it's two stories <laughs> and uh you know they could do all those things and provide all of this stuff it creates a different i think vibe to what this barbecue is and going forward i don't know if visits will be allowed in june like it is right now but obviously they're doing it because of covid so you know, you look at the signing class in 2022, 2023, will there be a handful of guys or more that were at this thing? Absolutely. I think you can almost guarantee that. How many? I don't even think it depends on how this weekend goes. More than how this weekend goes and how Oklahoma operates afterwards, right? Because, as you know, we're entering this phase where, you know, we're going to have recruits visiting you know, next two weekends before, you know, shutting things down from an official visits perspective until the season. You know, and a lot of these guys that are coming in that are official visitors this weekend, I mean, that even aren't unofficial guys, but officials, you know, nevertheless, like, this is your last impression for six months, more than likely. Um, so, with that being said, I, I think that expectation-wise, you know, like, or a lot of guys going to end up being at Oklahoma from this visit. I think that it's less likely as it stands today, right? Things can obviously happen. Oklahoma wins a natty, and 2023 recruiting is as everything as they promised. But I, I do want to temper it just a little bit from the aspect of this isn't going to be the last visit for a lot of these kids, right? And it's just a weird time in the recruiting calendar and recruiting everything from the aspect of, like, this isn't, you know, we're seeing guys who are committed right now taking official visits, not unofficials, official visits to places and letting schools pay for them to come out there. I just wouldn't, 
I would put a lot of stock into what happens this weekend, Brady. But if player X visits elsewhere two weeks from now and goes somewhere else, like I don't know how you could be upset. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's where I'm at heading into the weekend. And I think, but I think though the official visitors aspect of it, with as we've been told, 25 alumni, right, that are going to be in town. Oh my, that's a lot of alumni. Um, you know, and we're talking. And, I, and again, I, I know the I want to reiterate. I know the Sooner Scoop pod. I don't know what all they got into there. The unofficial forty came out today, or whoever else. But I mean, it's sounds like it's going to be basically everybody besides Baker. It sounds like everybody besides Baker. So who see who that's going to be? You know, CD Kyler, Kenneth Murray, Neville. You know, everybody you would expect, right? Is more than likely going to be there. But I've been told Baker's not. I'm jokingly said this back to the same yeah. person, Brady. I said, so, you're going to go record a progressive commercial and not come help your school recruit? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I don't know what he's doing. But, I, I, again, I've been told pretty strongly he's not going to be there. But that doesn't alleviate Baker, from everybody Baker else. Baker will be here later this season for a statue. We don't know that. Hopefully we get an answer on that. Yeah. I would assume they drop it Nebraska weekend, right? I that has to be it. At eight thirty in the morning. Baker and Kyler in the same year or no? They're really weird about that. Uh, maybe the Iowa State game will be another one. I mean, they're gonna want each other to have their own moment. Yeah. I mean, we both know Baker and Kyler's personality. You think they want their statues revealed on the same day? Fuck no. <laughs> Kyler yeah. Kyler wants his own damn day. You, you guarantee it. Yeah. No, I mean, look. Hopefully, he doesn't have Phase Clan opportunities that he's going to have to miss that day. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not expecting because just like you pointed out at the very beginning, like the Champs U Barbecue has not been the. I mean, I don't want to say that it hasn't been as successful as like fans or OU has wanted because it's been successful. It's helped the brand. You know, every little thing has counted. Yes. On top of like, and that of, that of course includes like the success on the field, which is the most important thing. Uh, but. At the same time, I'm just like, I'm just happy to see like the amount of talent sure. at this thing, and that to me is like the telltale sign. Is OU going to get all these guys? Of course not. Are they going to get a gigantic portion of them? Probably not. Are they going to get a sizable portion? Maybe so. Are they going to get a, a a nice little handful? You know, probably. And to me, it's just what type of battles is OU trying to get into on the recruiting trail? Because that's the telltale sign of just how good you are on the field and then who you can truly compete with. Because at this point, OU is, they're quite a ways away from being like in the blue chip ratio uh, with the likes of an Alabama or an Ohio State. A couple more classes. A couple more classes, but success on the field and continuing to, to, like, to like nut up and get into those recruiting battles in the first place. You know, slowly but surely you can find yourself in there. But they're, like we've said on Patreon, like we said on Inside OU, like they're past the threshold of if they match up with any of these teams uh, in the playoff or in the national championship game because of their talent and because of their otherworldly talent at the quarterback position, they have now crossed that threshold of the BCR doesn't necessarily matter. Like they've got what sixty some odd percent. Alabama's got eighty or ninety, mm-hmm. but even still, like you can't play everybody on your roster. So it just becomes can Spencer Rattler make plays that Alabama's or Ohio State's quarterback simply can't because that's the true equalizer at that point. So I just appreciate where OU is at compared to where we were when Lincoln Riley first got here. It's a true mark of progression and development. So as an OU fan, it's exciting. And whatever comes from this weekend, 
you know, positively is an absolute cherry on top. Yeah, let's get into a little bit of it. I, I Again, we're sitting here on Thursday night, um, still kind of awaiting on a couple details, but we can at least share this, right? 30, 22 official visitors scheduled as of Wednesday night. 30, 22 official visitors, 30 unofficial visitors, pretty. 50 recruits in town. And I can tell you this, if you look at the lists that these other websites have out right now, they're underselling it, right? They don't have as many guys as what we've been. I believe, and I hate to say this, but I believe Scoop is three short on officials and, you know, six or four or five, six on unofficials and vice versa for the other one. So it's a little bit bigger weekend than there's some other guys coming in that they're not completely locked down yet. So should be interesting. Um, Should have more details. You wink, wink, nudge, nudge at that over tomorrow night on my – trying to get a Friday night musing post up every week on team-related info in some sort of fashion or what's going on with the program. Team relations. Um, So, but, yeah, we we should have some – we should actually have a pretty good idea of how this weekend goes. And, you know, you you talk about the barbecue itself. I I think some of the big names that I've already mentioned, like Relique Brown's in town. I mean, God. That's awesome. And and an unofficial, too. I mean, you hope for Oklahoma's sake and even an unofficial that both him, you know, baby mama and his son or child is going to be there i don't know if it's boy or girl but um you know you hope they're all in town and this isn't the this isn't going to be the first recruitment oklahoma's dealt with with a child now the last one was dalton wood i believe and (laughs) is he on campus keegan (laughs) where is dalton wood and then put his face on the milk carton and this is gonna this is way back but i want to say they dealt with his with peterson when he was in high school and this is before me, but this is well, what I've been led to believe. I mean, I I don't know. I I I never get it that far into it. Sure. Okay. Adrian so Peterson I, has a lot of kids, so I guess it wouldn't shock me if he had a kid in high school. But I don't re- recall ever there being a story that he had a kid, kid in college. Sure. So, anyways, I think Oklahoma. And I I can tell you, Oklahoma's got a pretty strong plan. With the family, too. Like, they're not just recruiting Relique, you know, and his parents. They, they've done a really good job, you know, providing a, a pathway that is going to allow Relique. And with name, image, and likeness, I'll say this, too. Like, with name, image, and likeness, I mean, the whole issue with the family is going to be resolved. I mean, he's going to be a – he's a five-star. He's a, he's a phenom. He's going to make money that's going to be able to support him and his family no matter where he goes. So, that's part of it. I mean, and you've seen uh, – you saw Brandon Ennis and uh, – God, what's the other kid's name? Trevion Webb from Georgia talked today about coming in. Um, I don't want to get into a full visitors list because we don't we don't have one specifically. But the amount of five stars I've been told is in the du- is close to the double digits this weekend. Brady in town in 2022-2023. Yeah, you're talking you know defenders, offensive guys, um, and uh, Malachi Nelson's going to be in town. Brady, oh that guy, who's that? Is his teammate going to be there? His teammate will be there. Uh, was Lemon? Makai Lemon. Makai Lemon. Also, the, uh, I believe, the 20th rated player in the country. OU leader or just kind of a strong top three or four or what have you? It would make it very, again, 2023, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're looking ways out here. Mm-hmm. There's three wide receivers they're really confident in. And that's Ennis, Jalen Hale from Longview in Texas, and then um, – Makai Lemon. And then the other one they're fighting for is Jontae Cook, which is going to be an OU-Texas battle of the ages. Oh, yay. I like those. No, I mean, I, I wanted to kind of get on um, Makai Lemon just from the standpoint of, like, we've been very, just like everybody else, 
that is an OU fan that has any interest in recruiting. I mean, everybody's been very forward <laughs> and upfront with, yeah, Mekhi, uh, Malachi Nelson, uh, he's a Sooner. So him coming here, it's just like, great, he'll be on campus. Like, you want that. You want that just from an optic standpoint. But is it ne- is it necessarily like Lincoln trying to, like, to close the deal with him? Or is it like you come here with your teammate who we're kind of in a little bit of a recruiting battle with and you help sell it so that he wants to come here? Because that's how – when I saw that he was coming, that was like my first thought because I've I've been resigned to the fact for the last month and a half or two that yeah, Malachi Nelson's a sooner. It's it's a lot easier to recruit when you have a quarterback committed, as we, everybody has found out in the yeah. recruiting world. I think more than anything, not just in Lemon, having Nelson on campus to where Lincoln can go. Hey, this, this is your leader for the next. Yeah, yeah after Caleb's done, this is going to be your guy. No offense. Uh, What's his face? Mike Bowen. Sorry, buddy. Mike is like, hey, guys, how are you doing? Uh, um, uh, Stay away from him. I mean, he's very fast, though. He is. He is very quick. Um, I I think it's more than anything just getting him and around the recruits. Like, I'm coming here. Come with me. I'm the best quarterback in this next class. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to – I don't know. I th- I would say like there's a lot that can go into beyond lemon for Nelson this weekend. Yeah. I mean, you have Jalen Hales in town, Brandon Ennis is in town. I mean, for you next get class. you get a quarterback like Malachi Nelson. Like I can't I can't think of any. Maybe I might be completely wrong, but I feel like there are examples of Spencer Rattler commits, and then OU gets a commitment from a, a talented player who they just at least OU fans just did not see on their radar, but because big-time quarterback commits to your school like it does attract other players. Caleb Williams, potentially the same thing. I mean, at one point we thought Tristan Lee was going to be a Sooner, and then he lied to everybody. And, <laughs> I mean, shout out to he him. got everybody in trouble. Uh, but that was not a player that was on OU radar, OU fan radars until, what, a few months before he made his decision. He went on campus during a pandemic because of Caleb Williams. So you get a quarterback like Malachi Nelson – I mean, OU potentially could pull players or attract players that aren't necessarily on an OU fan's radar. They might be on Lincoln's radar. Sure. But from an OU fan's perspective, like, oh. But that's just kind of like the gravity of, like, grabbing a awesome, gigantic five-star recruit and a quarterback. It can be, yeah. And, and getting, you know, him engaging and, and kind of wrapping himself around Oklahoma football for the first time. Um, you know, I think you're talking about a situation with these guys where you, you you get Malachi around. I think he's got a shot to maybe help you get some guys, right? I, I think that that's going to be the ultimate goal in having him around this weekend. But ultimately, like we said, I, I think that, you know, don't temper your expectations, Brady, right? I, I don't think that's the best way to put it. But more than anything, like, know that there's going to be a lot more visits for these kids coming up. Like, that's yeah. going to happen. I mean, it's 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 reality. This is supposed to be, like, the first of many for some. First of many, yeah. And, and most of them have taken a f- visits already over the last couple of weeks. I mean, have they met any of these coaches? Some a lot of, of these players? Some of them, no. They haven't. Like, I imagine you can't. They're yeah. So... Yeah, I don't. They haven't met any of these kids for the most part. Some of them haven't, yeah. and you know, it was the first time face to face contact as well. So there's a lot that can come from this weekend, and if it's a positive week, it's it's 
be prepared. I mean, Oklahoma's going to take leads for guys that, you know, you didn't expect them to. You're going to hear all that jargon over the next, you know, four to five days. But I, I think ultimately, more than anything, as we've talked about, planting those seeds, right, for the future is going to be extremely important. Getting out like Nelson, we, we've talked ad nauseum about already, you know, getting him him and getting him surrounded by Oklahoma football and getting him to help commit and, you know, help recruit for you. And then, you know, you have a handful of other guys that I think Oklahoma feels like they're very close with. They just may need to be able to come out and, you know, put out a good product, name, image, and likeness, and that conversation is going to be big this weekend for a lot of guys because a lot of the guys coming in, Brady, are going to be – you're competing against Ohio State and, and Texas and, and Bama and Georgia and, you know, bigger market cities where these kids can make more money at. Yep. Um, you know, so you, they've got they've to provide a pretty good opportunity for them there. But at the end of the day, I, I think you're looking at a, a situation where Oklahoma can only do good this weekend. And that's a good thing. I mean, how what other times would Oklahoma really sit here and, you know, you have to not – I mean, DeMond DeMoss coming in, right, a five-star wide receiver that Oklahoma really has no shot with. It's a lot different than that. I think they got a shot at most of the guys that are visiting this weekend. It's going to be interesting to play out. Um, we'll have a list – you know, some sort of fashion of, of guys at some point, and I will be, uh, I'll be interested. Uh, Texas having a big official visit weekend this weekend as well after what they had a weekend ago. There's going to be some guys down there that Oklahoma's after, but at the end of the day, I think, again, like I've said, you know, for a couple of days now, Brady, Oklahoma's feel like they've accomplished something already by getting all these guys to come in. Um, and then now it's just I don't think that I don't think this can go in a negative way this weekend at all. Um, and they've they've done a good job at the barbecue. Now it hasn't been the fruitful event down the line that they've ex- expected it to be, but I think the official visitor part of it, being a part of it this weekend, may have a little bit more um, to do with it than it has in years past. It can go wrong one way. What if Lincoln Riley is the one barbecuing and it's brisket? On that the could menu? be a problem. Could be. What if Malachi Nelson's like, man, I, I had the brisket and it just, it just wasn't good. <laughs> it was dry, and so, and so now I'm going to Oregon. Yeah, it, it sounds like the whole, uh, what the bacon on Sundays not being good enough in the past. Let's move yeah. to brisket. Oh, poor Lincoln. I'm sure it was good. Didn't Benny Wiley say it was good? I mean, did he put a gun to his head and have him say that? You will say that this was good. Well, the other big news topic, Keegan, is the worst-kept secret in the world, Kevontre Bradford, the freshman last season running back from Louisiana State, has now officially transferred to OU, which, of course, alleviates the sting of losing Seth McGowan because he was a silly person and did a dumb thing and is in legal trouble and could potentially ruin his life forever. Hopefully not, but... That's what happens when you do what he did, allegedly. So, Kevontre Bradford, I've seen a little bit of his tape. Um, as a, you know, basically, it's kind of the same thing with like Seth McGowan. As your third running back in the room, as your third down option, I like it, I like it. And he's younger, so OU kind of just not only gets to replace Seth McGowan on the depth chart, but they also replace kind of the class of the running back that Seth McGowan was a part of. So if Kevontre Bradford really like comes on and develops, then you can also kind of have that same potential that Seth McGowan had as he could be here for another two or three years and potentially be either 1A or 1B. 
Uh, so OU kind of covers that base as well, but ultimately it's just another example of Lincoln Riley utilizing the uh, transfer portal for OU's benefit, putting a Band-Aid on a bad situation, and OU's offense just gets a, yet another talented piece to uh, kind of add to the whole national title potential puzzle. I texted you this a couple weeks ago. There's not much LSU tape to work off of. At all. There's 47 it's, it's, snaps against Ole Miss, I think, that I've been able to – and I think I said this to you. There was, like, only two runs that I was like, okay, like, I could take a little bit away from that. Yeah. He's got a pretty good burst through the hole. He's a little patient. Um, but mostly you're working off of what he did in high school, which sucks. But, I mean, I think you're looking at a guy that may be a little bit limited physically and athletically. And, you know, like you said, like, He's better than what Oklahoma's third back is right now, which, again, I hate to say that in the realm of hating on Marcus Major at all, but, I mean, he is. I mean, and uh, he might be the cousin of a five-star defensive end from Duncanville. What? What's going on? <laughs> he, he might be in some sort of relation to him in I some see. sort of fashion. I see. No, yeah. like, I've actually – I went back because I tried to find some LSU stuff on him, and, you know, like you said, there's just not a lot to really choose from. And so I went to his high school film, and, yeah, it's a, yeah you don't want to take so much away from that because this is D1 college football. But I will say, like, I really liked – I thought one of his strongest attributes was his vision, and that's something that can translate like, yeah. from high school to college if you have enough physical ability to run the football, to carry the football, to not fumble it, to take the punishment – have enough burst to break away at time or, t- or time or two, the vision is there, and so like I was like, okay, as your third option, you run like a little bit of a zone read with him, like that's that's not a bad option to have when you have a Kennedy Brooks who is your prototypical. I mean, OU doesn't run the I formation anymore, but he's an I he's an I formation sure. running back. Eric Gray is your versatile kind of Swiss Army knife who can do a little bit of everything. And then you have a, just another different type of running style. Potentially, of course, this is off of high school, but like the vision is there, so that kind of tells me you've got another little uh, running option in Cavantre Bradford. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting as it can be for a third down back. For In terms of Trey Bradford, I, I look at it and I say, is it – I mean, I think Oklahoma fans would rather have a Kennedy Brooks, Brennan Clay. I mean, again, this isn't getting into the whole – Kennedy Brooks, Brennan Clay conversation. But, you know, you have a, a, a running back that is a limit, limited physically, athletically, but he's good enough to get you seven yards whenever you need him to. And if Trey Bradford's that, that's a success, isn't it? I mean, I, I look at what this guy coming to Oklahoma from – and another thing, too, he's from Lancaster, which is Oklahoma has – Dakota Austin's from there. Oh, no. Jordan and then his little brother Jordan that didn't end up going to OU. But anyways, that's a school that Oklahoma's going to want to get into. <laughs> um, they're very talented, right? Uh, you know, so add that in with, like I said, that you, you know you talk about this year, but even if you look at next year, you know I, I look at it and I say, he's better than what Oklahoma would have had, and to that is it's a success. And I know you're, tr- we've gone two parts here. He's also related to Mario Bohr. How many people are there? Everyone's related. You know, I again, I don't know if it's... It's like damn Star Wars. Everybody's a Skywalker or a Solo. Yeah. I don't... I don't. Again, I, I don't know if it's cousins, nephew. I don't know, like, fully family related, but they're, I mean, as close as family can get. So, 
again, it's that it's, it's a boost there as well. I made the joke earlier on Twitter about it. Um, you know, but again, I think, like you said, from him as a player, it's successful from, from the aspect of it's better than what you had, and it's better than what you probably are going to have next year, considering the running backs you're getting right now or in the portal, one, aren't going to have a year in the system, two, aren't going to be probably as game-ready in an Oklahoma uniform as Trey Bradford's going to be, more than likely. I mean, unless uh, Kendall Milton from Georgia enters the portal or something that Oklahoma came in second for. You know, yeah. I don't I don't know if – I don't know if there's a guy out there right now that I would say that is is better than Trey Bradford. So yeah, it's gonna be it's good for good for Oklahoma. I'm ex- I'm, I'm I'm excited to see kind of what Trey Bradford and that role he's gonna have. Um, but again, he's related to Mario Bohr, so good good for them. Your gun to your head right now, Keegan. Who has the bigger impact in their OU careers? Not just this year, but their OU career. Mike Woods, Kevon Trey Bradford. Trey Bradford. What about this year? Oh, man, you don't like Mike Woods. It's not even that I don't like Mike Woods more than I think he's got a little more distance in front of him to get on the field than what Trey Bradford has. And from the aspect of is I expect a lot of two back out of Oklahoma this year, which, which means would it, which would imply that Trey would have quite a bit of snaps as the second kind of rotation. Guy. Yeah, exactly. He's the third down. He's the third option, but he's essentially the second back. And if Mike Woods, again, you look at what Theo Theo Howard's numbers were in targets last year, you know, and I've even broken down, I've made the comment about Theo Howard. I mean, if you even account for all the times that he was open in a backup role to Theo East, I mean, it's not that much. But if you look towards 2023, Brady, and you only have Trey Bradford right now, I mean, he's got a chance to probably have have a pretty good year. But, again, I'm expecting a lot of two backs, so I would assume Trey Bradford's got a little more impact. Um, than maybe what a guy like Mike Woods will. But will Mike Woods have probably more opportunity for bigger plays and bigger moments? Yeah, no doubt. Fair enough. Anything else, Keegan, before we get out of here? Isaiah Thomas got changed from a DUI to a DWI. Um, Credit Jason Kersey with that report. Great read on the situation. Um, Walmart claims he stole $96 of whatever from Walmart. Um, And, um, yeah, nothing. I mean, I don't. I think I said this to you on Tuesday. There's probably more than four, but I can think of four players off the top of my head that have earned enough street cred from who they are as people, you know, how they've acted in, in press settings and, you know, everything that you hear about them. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is on that short list of guys that kind of has a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Like, don't screw up again, you know? this or isn't Or I'll get you. Yeah, this isn't – I mean, th- that short group for me is like Jeremiah Hall, Pat Fields – Deshaun White, Isaiah Thomas, I think it's a pretty fair group. I mean, I wouldn't expect any of those guys to get in trouble. So, you know, when when Isaiah Thomas did, and what what was it that this was a year ago, over a year ago, that this went down during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. That Isaiah Thomas, the failure to appear thing. Well, hopefully he had a mask on. Hopefully. Hopefully he did. That's, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's everything that's happened yeah. in the Is- last 24 hours. Isaiah Thomas is going to have to run some stadium steps a little bit, a little bit more more than likely but everybody thank you so much for listening to the inside ou podcast champs barbecue ahead of us and just like keegan said he'll put up friday posts with some thoughts on the state of the program state of all the stuff going down this weekend we might even do a little bit of extra stuff on the patreon page 
on Saturday at Through the Keyhole. So just www.patreon.com slash through the keyhole. And extra podcast a week, extra content, extra film reviews. You don't get anywhere else. So just give it a look, and we will greatly appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Ryan Sturdy for jumping on the Inside uh, OU, not the Inside OU fan, but the OU fan interviews on Monday. He did a great job. Follow him at SturdyRyan96 on Twitter if you do not already. It was a fun little conversation with him. Got some others in the can getting ready to record for these upcoming Mondays. We are so close, so close, so close, so close to Big 12 Media Day, which means we are almost there to the college football season. But also shout out to Vanessa House for taking good care of us. One destination wedding, Cerveza at a time. Please come out, give them some business. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff over the weekend uh, for Juneteenth. We're going to have a lot of uh, awesome food trucks, events, drinks, everything. So come out, buy a hat, buy a shirt. You know you want to. Buy some beers, have a good time, bring some food over from, P- um, from Hideaway. Have a good time. Because I will, and you will too. But for Mr. Keegan Renault, this is Brady Trantham. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later.